Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. It's time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. Good morning. Happy Thursday to you. Welcome into the program. It is a chilly one out there this morning. Very, very cold. I didn't look and see the exact temperature yet, but it is definitely frigid. Uh, Let's see. We're going to have a high of 37, as you heard, but right now I'm seeing that it's 22 degrees, and it feels every bit of it. So if you are planning on heading out in the next Oh, hour or so before the sun fully comes up. Make sure you bundle up. And actually bundle up anyway because it's going to be cold all day. And then we're going to have temperatures getting into the 50s <laughs> coming up over the weekend. And then 60s even might hit 60 uh, when the rain comes in on Monday or well, on Sunday. So you're looking at a typical New England December where it snows one day. Then it'll be 50, then it'll be 60, but raining. uh, All of that stuff is just par for the course when it comes to December in this area. Uh, Today is Pearl Harbor Day. And of course, anybody that wants to call in and comment on that is welcome to do so. I was listening to America in the Morning just before I came on and they were playing the radio broadcasts from that day. And it made me think about how that information was still a bit of a slow trickle in a lot of the parts of the country. That yeah, and for, for people that were listening to radio, and in 1941, a lot of people were listening to radio. But there was a lot of people that were living very rurally and whose radio stations might take a little while to get them that information. Who might not get newspapers. As they pointed out, the newspaper wasn't, you know, it was a day behind on the news. If you look at our local paper now, our print paper, it can be days behind on the news. So it really was a a, a different time to be able to get that kind of information out. Those who lived in the areas where they had radio stations that were connected to these broadcast networks, they did get it in a much quicker fashion. But it's not like now where if that was to happen today, everyone would know about it instantaneously. I mean, if you look at what's probably the most significant attack of of my lifetime would be 9-11. 
And on that day, everybody knew about it within minutes. And that was in the days before social media. So it's, a, it's incredible how quickly they were able to get the news out to some people, but also how long it took for others to find out. Very, very um, different time. Let's, uh, let's take a phone call here. 508-996-0500 is the number. Good morning. You are on WBSM. Hi, hi Tim. How you doing? Um, I'm, I'm calling in, in regards to the wind turbines in mm-hmm. Bayhaven. Somebody called you yesterday. Yes. And said that uh, they don't know where the power is going, what the power is being, you know, who gets it and all this stuff here. If you go to Fairhaven Wind LLC... They have what they call a power dash, and it will tell you, and it's been telling you this since in, they started in 2012, how much they generate during the course of a day or a week or a month or a year and how much they use to generate the electricity. And one caller yesterday says he's never seen two of them turn at the same time. Well, that's a crock of baloney. If you go there, you'll see. There's been times when the turbines haven't turned, you know, because they have, you know, they have problems with them and they have to be repaired. And also, some days the wind don't turn. Right, turn. right. It depends on the wind direction and, and, the, and the wind exactly. power, yeah. Well, not the, the wind direction doesn't make a difference because they, that's where they consume electricity. But the cell turns into the wind, you know, to get the, uh, you know, to get the blades to uh, to, to turn. And when they first put them wind turbines up, the area that they're in was just, you know, just about worth, you know, just about in the area where it was worth them to build them because the wind wasn't as strong in that area as it would have been closer to the coastline. Plus the fact that the town of Fairhaven makes a lot of money because of them wind turbines. They make $50,000 a year for each of the, the turbines land that they're on they rent that and it costs you know they pay the town fifty thousand dollars for the north turbine and fifty thousand dollars for the south turbine and they they're allowed to to uh the the amount of electricity that they generate 30 percent of that electricity goes to the town and they resell it to eversource so the town of fairhaven makes a lot of money from them turbines oh and and, and the Sorry, go ahead. Yes. No, go, go, go ahead. I mean to cut you off. Yeah, the, the 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 you have one of your colleagues there that doesn't like the turbines, and you know they they uh, they kill whales and all this stuff here. Well, I find it iconic that uh, New Bedford, you know, that, that killed thousands of whales to to get oil to light lamps and stuff like that. But they also talk about. Uh, uh, nobody mentions the fact that, like, when the uh, deep water horizon in the Gulf of Mexico blew up and spilled 134 million gallons of oil in the Gulf of Mexico and killed 11 human beings, not whales, human beings, not to mention how much wildlife they killed, you know? And as, as far as one gentleman said yesterday, he never sees two turn at the same time. Go to Power Dash LLC, Google it, and you'll see how much they generate. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it right here, and if you just go right to fairhavenwind.info, 
that also brings you right to it as well. And I'm I'm looking at the graph, and it is you can go to each turbine, you can see what they're what they're gathering to, gathering together, and you can see what they're gathering each individual one. Exactly, and they and how much they generate because they do generate. They have to they need some of that electricity, but it's minuscule. Yeah, you can you can see get. how small that they actually consume compared yeah. to to what they generate. So just in the past seven days alone, the two turbines have uh, have generated uh, just under forty one thousand five hundred kilowatt hours of electricity. Exactly. Exactly. And they used to be, when it first came out, it used to tell you how many, what that was equivalent to 100 watt light bulbs, how much carbon that they took off the, uh, you know, out of the, you know, that they, that amount of electricity would have generated if it was fossil fuel. So, uh, but I mean, you get, you know, you get a lot of information from WBSM and talk, but you get a lot of misinformation. Well, now so, that we, now that we know about this, we can, we can refer people to it. Yeah, exactly. Thank you so much for the information. Thank you. You have a good day. Bye-bye. And, uh, yeah, this this is an incredible site because you can really get into all the, the metrics of it. And uh, just as the caller was saying, you can see I just clicked on the equivalents. And since the turbines began being monitored on May 3rd of 2012, the system has generated... 29,436,364 kilowatt hours of clean energy. So that's enough to offset 394 million pounds of carbon CO2 emissions. It also is over a million days worth of electricity based on the average usage of the American household. And 94 million, let me just make sure I'm putting the commas in the right place, 94 million days of using a 13-watt energy-efficient CFL light bulb. So that's just in the last 12 years, 13 years, 13 and a half years. Wait, that's not right. Do your math correctly, Tim. Yeah, 13 and a half years. Of those turbines turning. So again, fairhavenwind.info will give you access to that. And you can see those graphs. And I'm, I'm looking at it now. You can see what the local weather is. It doesn't tell you what the wind speed is. I would just be interested in that. It has a map of where they're located. So you can check that out. But looking at the energy performance graph, you can see how much it produces, how much it consumes, and it consumes a very small amount. In the past seven days, the two turbines combined have only consumed 211 kilowatt hours compared with producing over 41,000 kilowatt hours. So very interesting. I wonder if, um, I wonder if all the turbines would, would have similar information. But yes, check that out, fairhavenwind.info, if you want to find out more. Maybe maybe I'll write up a little article just so that people can, more people can know about that. It's probably one of those things that when it was launched, people talked about it, and then nobody talked about it for a long time, so people forgot about it or didn't know. And so then they just have questions, and they don't know where to go as a resource to have it answered, and, and now, now we know. So thank you to that caller.
like I said, I can only see one from my seat. I'd have to like get up and walk away from the microphone to see the other one. But the one that I can see isn't turning right now. But they don't have to turn all the time. As you can see, they've generated 42,000 kilowatt hours just in the past seven days. There's also, um, I, I was seeing some more discussion online about the research turbine that was put into Clark's Cove. And now that people are understanding what it is and they understand that it's not a permanent structure, they understand that it's not anything that's going to lead to a bigger one in Clark's Cove. I'm starting to see some conversation, at least uh, online in the comments and, and things like that, of people saying, I'm glad that they're doing a real world test of it rather than just creating this thing, you know, in, in their lab, in their factory, and then putting it out there. So at least they'll have some, some real world data. But this data is designed to see what the effects of the wind and the waves are on their mooring system, on their anchor. So I don't think that the test will, will give you any information about the electricity that would be generated, but I'm not sure. I can double check with the company. But when I spoke with Dave Forbes on Monday, he told me that it was just taking in water and then pushing the water out the hose. So instead of you know generating electricity, it's just pumping water, essentially, because it's, it's not out there testing for electricity, but maybe they're measuring how much of that is happening. A very interesting discussion for sure that will continue going. I know a lot of folks are just against wind. As I've said, I'm not against it. I like it. I like wind. I like solar. I like all these alternative energy ideas. But I think you have to do the two things hand in hand. I think putting a hard deadline on switching over to alternative energy is a bad idea. I mean, if you want to come out and say, all right, by 2030, we're going to close every gas station in America. There'll be no more gas and everybody will have electric cars. Well, what are you going to do about the person that has a 1957 Chevy? You know, you, you, they, the whole, I, I kind of liken it to this, and I know it's not an exact comparison, but I kind of liken it to the whole cash for clunkers idea where they were trying to get all these polluting and inefficient vehicles off the road under the guise of, we're just looking for the cars that aren't safe. We're just looking for the cars that aren't going to pass inspection and can't be repaired. And, you know, we're just looking to increase safety on the roads. But they took a lot of good cars off the road. A lot of cars that people could still be driving today off the road. And I, you know, I'd like to still have my 1978 Plymouth Volari or my 79 Caddy Eldorado. I think it was a 79, 79 or 78. Again, I've had 20 something vehicles in my life. So <laughs> there's probably a lot of those that were, would have been removed off the road. So I think that you've got to do two things at once. You can't make it a hard deadline either or because first of all it's not feasible but second of all it's not palatable and that's where you lose people 
in the idea of this. And also the fact that it is not the financial benefit that we're told it will be down the line. If it was the financial benefit for everybody today, basically if they could open up their electric bill and see it go down instead of go up, you'd have a lot less resistance to it. And we can hear Michael Rock tell us about Isaacson Solar and the commercials all we want, and it's true. I've seen his bills. We've, we've talked about it. His bills have gone down since he put solar on his home. I know people who have gotten to the point where they are now making money from the electric company every month. And most people that I've found that have put solar on their, on their property or on their home have raved about the experience. Of course, there's always going to be the outliers here and there, but most people have been, been happy for it because they see the benefit of it directly. But the other people around them don't see that benefit. And in, unless you can get to the point where everybody starts to realize this and say, oh, it is having a difference. Instead of saying, oh, my delivery rates are going up because less people are on the grid. What? You're going to still have the resistance to it. 508-996-0500. That is the number to call in and chime in. We'll be talking with you all of this morning. Tomorrow, we're going to have New Bedford City Council President Linda Morad join us. And I'll have to look back in my notes. I forget which counselor is coming on with her today. I'm sorry that I'm, I mean, uh, tomorrow I'm blanking on that. But I know that a topic of conversation will be what happened in the meeting this past week. about the rules around executive session. We can talk about all that. And I can still get your thoughts on that. It was still a topic of conversation yesterday, especially on South Coast Now, which, by the way, I thought was a really great broadcast from Lolly's Cafe. I give credit to Chris and Kristen and Marcus for making everything work so smoothly. Because it's, it's a challenge. It's a challenge when you're out there doing it. And it's Chris's first time doing that in a while. You know, I really wished I could have been there by his side helping him out, but I couldn't do it. There just was no time for me to get from here to there. So thank you to Kristen and Marcus for, for stepping in. But as it turns out, Chris didn't even need it. He was, he was golden. So let's get him out there more. Let's get him out there broadcasting from different restaurants and meeting all of you. But uh, just great guests, great atmosphere. It sounded great. And I think that um, I think that there are still some C's the deals available. I'm going to check on that, though, and I'll let you know. The C's the deal was $50 in gift certificates to Lolly's Cafe for $25. And it's available at SeizeTheDeal.com. Let me just check here. Oh, there are still some available. So if you want to get on over to SeizeTheDeal.com right now, you can get those. And, of course, we always have great deals up there. So it's worth making it part of your daily routine of what you check out. Just to give you an idea, if you're looking for some other certificates to, to maybe give as gifts for, for Christmas, and if you order them now, you should get them in time. You can get $50 in gift certificates to Doe Company for 25 bucks. You can get $25 in certificates to Honeydew Donuts for 
You can get $50 to the Vault Music Hall and Pub for $25. $20 to Ponchero's Mexican Grill for $10. So many great deals up there. And then going on sale tomorrow at 9 a.m., a $50 gift certificate to Rose Alley Ale House in New Bedford for just $25. So all of those great deals are available for you right now, except for Rose Alley. That goes on sale tomorrow. But the rest are all on sale right now at SeizeTheDeal.com. Check it out. Save money. Try a place that you haven't been to before. Give them as gifts. I think everybody loves saving money, and you can do that every day at SeizeTheDeal.com. All right, I'm going to take a break. We'll be back in a few moments. And it's time to go into the newsroom right now with Ariel. When we come back on the other side, more with you, 508-996-0500. You can also send in app chat messages or open line voicemails on the WBSM app. And if you haven't downloaded it already, make sure that you do because we'll have some contests coming up, including a chance to see some holiday music performances and a big stand-up comedy show that's coming to TD Garden. So we'll have tickets for all that. you got to make sure you have the app so that you can enter that. And uh, we'll talk more about those as they come up. But right now, it is time to talk about the news with Ariel. The shooter who killed three people at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, on Wednesday was apparently a college professor. Authorities have not publicly identified the shooter who was killed on campus during a confrontation with police, but law enforcement sources say the suspect was a 67-year-old career college professor who had unsuccessfully applied for a job at the school. Former New Jersey governor and current presidential hopeful Chris Christie says he would deploy American troops in the Israel-Hamas war to rescue American hostages. Christie made the comment as he criticized Florida Governor Ron DeSantis for avoiding the question in last night's GOP debate. Former President Trump continues to hold a huge lead in polling. The presidents of three top universities are coming under fire for refusing to explicitly say whether calls for a genocide of Jewish people violate campus rules on harassment. New York Republican Elise Stefanik asked the questions directly to the presidents of Harvard, MIT, and UPenn during a congressional hearing Tuesday. All three said the answer depended on the context. Former Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy said he will resign from Congress at year's end. In October, McCarthy became the first Speaker of the House to be ousted in the middle of their congressional term. In an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal Wednesday, McCarthy said he decided to leave the House to serve America in new ways. A Texas court will hold an emergency hearing today on a lawsuit brought by a Dallas woman who wants an abortion. The woman received a diagnosis last week that determined her fetus had an abnormality that left it with no chance of survival. Her doctors also say carrying the baby to term would jeopardize her health. The sister of a Cuban dictators, Fidel and Raul Castro, has died in Miami. Juanita Castro was a longtime opponent of the communist regime led by her two brothers. She left Cuba in 1964 and never returned, dying Monday at the age of 90. In sports, tonight kicks off with the Pittsburgh Steelers hosting the New England Patriots for Thursday night football at Acrisure Stadium. It will be a battle of the backups as Mitch Trubisky is expected to start under center for injured Steelers signal caller Kenny Pickett. Bailey Zappi is slated to get the start at quarterback with Mac Jones's recent benching. The Pats are currently in position of the second overall pick in the draft and have less than a 1% chance of clinching a playoff spot.
Boston continues its three-game homestand when it hosts the Buffalo Sabres tonight at TD Garden. The Bruins are coming off of a big win over the Columbus Blue Jackets. The Bees are leading the Atlantic Division with 37 points. And Celtics center Kristaps Porzingis confirmed at yesterday's practice that he will be back in the lineup for tomorrow's night's battle against the New York Knicks at TD Garden. The Green are hoping to bounce back after being eliminated by the Pacers in the quarterfinals of the in-season tournament. Now let's take a look at your local forecast with ABC6. Bundle up, everybody. It is quite cold out there. A temperature in the mid-20s with some clouds, wind chill values around 20. That's what it really feels like. Cold and mostly sunny mid-30s for this afternoon. Overnight frigid temperatures will continue in the mid-20s under mostly clear skies. For tomorrow, dry weather will prevail. Plenty of sunshine back to more seasonable temperatures in the mid-40s. Be sure to watch ABC6 for my full seven-day forecast. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Ceci del Carmen on New Bedford's News Talk Station 1420 WBSM. And I'm Ariel Dorsey for WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station WBSM. WBSM and get breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. In 508-996-0500. That's the number to call in and chime in. You can also send app chat messages or open line voicemails on the WBSM app. And you know, tonight is going to be a chilly night. It's going to drop down into, what What did Sussy say? It's going to drop down under 30 degrees. It's going to be chilly. So why not go out and get ready for the holidays by making a trip to Edaville, right? That's Edaville weather. That's when it feels like Edaville weather, when you want to get on the train and see all the lights. And the beloved Christmas Festival of Lights has returned to Edaville. It's one of New England's oldest Christmas traditions. And you can actually go right tonight, tonight, tomorrow, Saturday, Sunday. Edaville's open Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And you can experience the thousands upon thousands of holiday lights that you've come to love and experience new attractions like the Christmas market or the redesigned Alpine Village. Some rides that have been closed down for the last couple of years have been reimagined, redesigned, renamed, and now it is the Alpine Village. Plus there's the steam train, vintage amusement rides, visits with Santa, shopping from local businesses and crafters, Tasty treats and snacks and food stands throughout the park. All of that available starting at just $12.95 a person. Now you can buy tiered tickets. You can get the, the silver package, the gold package. You can be able to ride the train. You can ride all of the rides. And if you, you don't want to get a full ride package and you just want to ride one particular ride, that's okay. They've added a new thing this year 
where kind of carnival style, you can just buy ride tickets. And so if you just want to go on, say, oh, the, the carousel, because all the kids are going to go on and you want to ride the carousel with them, you can just go over and buy the required number of tickets to ride the carousel rather than have to upgrade for the rides, all the rides when you're only going to take one carousel ride. They've made it affordable for everybody. They've also come up with some great VIP experiences. It's all listed right there at edaville.com. And that's where you want to go to get your tickets to be able to go to Edaville. You want to go online and get them at edaville.com and they are selling fast. And the closer we get to Christmas, the more people are going to want to get to Edaville. So make sure that you get your tickets ASAP. And you don't have to buy them the day of either. You can go on and select the date for which, which day you want to go. So just because it's, you know, I'm talking about tonight, if you go to edaville.com right now, you don't have to buy for tonight. You can buy for next week, the week after. But get them before they're gone by going to edaville.com. I think I'm going to try and get over there before the end of the season. I was there uh, prior to the start of the season to check out what they've done with the Alpine Village. And just seeing what they had planned for this year, I want to go see the model train room. They brought in a model railroad club and they gave them some space in the museum building. And I saw what they were bringing in and starting to set up. I can't wait to get over there and see it all completed. One of the many, many great things over there at Edaville. And Edaville just makes me think of my childhood, as I'm sure it does for a lot of you. And you know what else I think of when it comes to my childhood, too, is Norman Lear sitcoms. Because I grew up, I was a TV kid, I watched a lot of television. I always liked to read, but I didn't really, like, hit the reading hard until I was in sixth grade. Once I got into sixth grade, then I had my nose in a book all the time. That's when I discovered Stephen King. And I just proceeded to read everything that he had written. But for the most part, I was a TV kid growing up. And so I watched a lot of Channel 56. And there were a lot of Norman Lear shows on 56. Good times. Although the Jeffersons were on 38. I forget where All in the Family was. I think All in the Family might have been on 25. Or maybe it was on 56. But I watched a lot of those Norman Lear shows. Maud. Not as much Maud as the other shows. But he was... Norman Lear was the man behind so many of the shows that so many of us watched throughout the 70s and 80s. He was just everywhere. And he passed away yesterday at the age of 101. And he'd been pretty much working right up until the end. He's been working on projects for the last couple of years. He did those live performances of uh, scripts from All in the Family and the Jeffersons. I remember they did the All in the Family one and Woody Harrelson played Archie Bunker. And then they had the reboot on Netflix of One Day at a Time. So, and I know that there was a couple of other projects he was involved in too that haven't even come out yet. But I had been working on, and this, this was kind of a, a strange coincidence. But over the last weekend, 
I had found out about a show called The Baxters. And this was a show, I, I had no idea that this had ever existed. I forget how I came upon it. I think, you know what it was? It was one of those retro Facebook pages. One of those retro pages that has like old memorabilia and old TV shows and movies and gives you kind of the stories behind them. And I don't even follow them, but they just show up in my Facebook feed as like one of those suggested for you type things. And so this post talked about the Baxters and I saw in it, as I'm scrolling through Facebook, I see the letters WCVB and I was like, oh, this is about Channel 5 in Boston. Let me read more about it. And that's how I discovered that Channel 5 used to produce its own programming. Like rather than bring in syndicated network rerun, uh, syndicated shows or network reruns to fill up its local time, because there was always that local hour, I guess, as, as networks got away from programming the 7 p.m. hour as prime time, which they did in the 50s and the 60s, but I guess in the 70s, they started to get away from that. So you had your 6 o'clock news would usually be done by 6.30. You'd have your national news from your network, which would be 6, 6.30 to 7. And then from 7 to 8, you had an hour to program before prime time started. And you got shows like you know, PM Magazine, Chronicle, those are how all those shows kind of started was to fill in some of that, that time period. But Channel 5 in the late 70s was trying to be a little bit more innovative and said, why, am we, why are we paying money? Bob Bennett, who was the, the GM, said, why are we paying money for syndicated reruns? I'm sorry, for uh, network reruns or, or first run syndication shows when we could just produce our own. Because I think... He wanted to run some network rerun in there, and it was $62,000 an episode I read somewhere. So he said, for that money, we can produce our own show. And so they produced a show called The Baxters, which was about a family. It was a sitcom that they would go through whatever the issue of the week was, you know, topical issues. And then that was the first 15 minutes of the show. The second 15 minutes of the show was a studio audience that would discuss what they had just seen. There'd be panelists and, and the audience, people in the audience would ask questions and they would have a discussion about what that first 15 minutes had been about. And apparently this was so innovative, it caught the attention of Norman Lear. It was on, it, they produced one season for, for WCVB, but I guess it aired over the course of two years. So Norman Lear caught, found out about it and in fact told the New York Times that Bob Bennett was the best local television broadcaster in the nation. Norman Lear took that show and the format and took it national. And kept that same idea. He didn't keep the same cast or characters. He changed things up a little bit. But then they did the same format. 15 minutes of the family's story of the week. And then 15 minutes of discussion. And, and at that point, as it, was, as it went national, stations had the option of either running a national version of the studio audience that Lear produced. Or they could have their own version that they could plug in at that time. That's hugely innovative stuff. 
And then Lear did that for one season and then sold it to a Canadian company. They did it for one more season and then the show kind of just went away. And I wasn't even going to write about that. I was actually, it was a second show that I found out about through researching that called Park Street Under that might have might have been, we'll say the inspiration for Cheers. Others will say a, Cheers was a direct ripoff that Cheers stole the show. So I'm working on that article still. But when we heard about Norman Lear's passing, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to switch gears and, and write a little thing about the Baxters. And so you can read that at WBSM.com and on the app. And if you have a vague memory, you think you remember what that show might have been, there's some clips in there. There's the uh, opening intro and one of the episodes are in there. for. But the episode that I found was for the national version of it that Lear produced, not the local one. I'm digging up some clips of Park Street Under for that article, but there's not much out there. Apparently, Channel 5 had an issue where their archives disappeared, but then they were recently rediscovered. They thought that they had been thrown away, but it turns out somebody had saved a bunch of them. So uh, we might get more of these things to be seen, but I'm hoping somewhere, some way, somebody has the Channel 7 archives so I can pull out that clip from when I was on Channel 7 and I spilled vegetable oil all over the set. Anyway, I got to take a break. We'll be back in just a few moments. And I've got some big news for you. Huge news about a very special guest that's going to be joining us here on WBSM. Santa Claus is coming back to WBSM. His helpers at New Bedford Fire Union, Local 841, have once again made arrangements for Santa to fly his sleigh to WBSM so he can be on the radio and take phone calls from all the good little children of the South Coast. It's going to happen on Friday, December 15th, beginning at 7 p.m., and all the children can call in and tell Santa what they want for Christmas. And thanks to Local 841, the entire hour will be commercial-free so that we can fit in as many calls from the kids as possible. So again, Friday, December 15th, beginning at 7 p.m., Santa Claus will be taking your calls right here on WBSM. I got to take one more break here because I got to get everything in before the NFL preview starts. It's going to preview tonight's Thursday night football game with the Patriots and the Steelers. Uh, so we'll do that. We'll be back in just a few moments. All right. We are going to be going into the NFL preview for tonight's Thursday night football game between the Patriots and Steelers. And of course, we'll have that for you right here on WBSM as we do with all the Patriots games. And as painful as some of them might have been this year, uh, it's still... You know, if you're a diehard fan, you're still you're still paying attention anyway. You're still going to watch. You're still going to listen. You're still going to follow along with what's going on so that you have something you can complain about. And all the Patriots action has been brought to you on WBSM 